0: Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another Terrific Tips episode. Why Terrific Tips for Business? Because I'm Terry, your host, and you can't spell terrific without Terry. I'm so glad to be here today. I get to enjoy this conversation with a new friend of mine, Miss Susan Friedman. And I can't wait to share her with you because she's just a pure delight. I got the opportunity to be on her podcast not all that long ago. And she's definitely an, a wonderful resource in person to just know and connect with and do all of, the, all of the things with. So let me introduce you to Susan. She is a CSP, which is a certified speaking professional. And she is a well-respected niche marketer who's on a mission to wipe out the sameness. I, this is why I love her. You know already why she's on the show. And she adds validity and differentiation to your author marketing. So she's particularly in the author space. Those of you who have been paying attention to the podcast recently know that we've been having lots of conversations with people who help get the story out. She is all about helping you get your story out and sharing it with others. Over, for over 25 years, through her company, Aviva Publishing, She's coached more than 400 nonfiction authors. Wow, she really has climbed that mountain. And she uses their books to become the recognized, trusted authority in their particular niche market, which is totally what a book is supposed to do for us as a business professional. Susan is a prolific author, and she's written 17 books herself, including, here are some of her bestsellers. Meeting and Event Planning for Dummies, and Riches in Niches, How to Make a Big Impact in a Small Market, right? She has appeared as a guest expert on CNN's Financial Network, Bloomberg's Small Business, a variety of radio and TV talk shows, and she also hosts an award-winning podcast, Book Marketing Mentors. From being chased by an elephant to hugging a tiger, which is a story we're going to hear about in just a minute, from teaching yoga to being rescued by the National Guard, ooh, that sounds like a good one too, now there are options, (laughs) and enjoying her three grandchildren and traveling with her life partner of 50 years, she leads a very full and exciting life Please join me in welcoming Miss Susan to the show. Thanks for being here today.
1: Oh, Terry, it's a real pleasure. It really is. I loved having you on my podcast, Book Marketing Mentors, just uh, just a short time ago, and uh, now, you know, being here with you on your uh, podcast. Is this called a podcast? I'm not sure. Your show. <laughs> yes.
0: It's a podcast because it goes to the podcast networks. It's also on YouTube, but it goes to the podcast networks, so... I'm so glad you're here. So you've got to tell us this story. You were chased by an elephant and then you hugged a tiger. Did this all happen at the same time?
1: No, no, very much no. (laughs) There were, there was probably about 30 or 40 years between each episode. Uh, The elephant was an interesting one. My husband and I were on safari in South Africa. We were living there. He actually is South African. We lived there for three years. And on safari at the Kruger National Park, which maybe some of your uh, viewers and listeners uh, have been there, any event, we uh, actually came between somehow a mother and its baby and that is a no-no. We're in this little mini minor uh, which again anybody who knows cars knows how small this is so the elephant looks even bigger than it really <laughs> well, it really is. And uh, you know, mother elephants uh, get very excited if you come between them and their baby. And we drove uh, like lightning to get out of there.
0: <laughs> I would imagine you'd have to because their steps are really big steps. So you exactly. have to drive pretty fast to get away from that. Yeah, don't, don't come between a mama and her baby, anything.
1: Not at all, not at all, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: We lived so. in Africa for three years, is that what you said? We lived
1: in South Africa for three years, yes, wow. and uh, it was an amazing experience, um, it's a gorgeous country. And again, anyone who's been there on, who's listening or watching really knows how absolutely gorgeous it is. Um, But the tiger incident was actually in Thailand a few years ago, I uh, was in Thailand uh, working with a nonprofit organization i 'm very involved with uh, together we can change the world we we look to support abused women and children in Southeast Asia any event I was there with um, some friends and there 's a tiger refuge and you can go in and be with tigers of different sizes. Of course, all of everybody wants to be with the babies because they're so cute, but uh, the line for that was so long. So my friend and I decided we'll go for the medium-sized tiger and they are very docile. Obviously Um, they want to keep it very safe. They don't want any incidents, but you actually can be with it. We lay with the tiger we actually sat on its rear end you mustn't get in front of its face but from behind and obviously there was a trainer with us Um, it is a tourist hangout but i tell you what it was an amazing amazing experience they are such gorgeous animals I'm just totally in love with them so I would say
0: (laughs) I don't recommend trying to lay with a tiger or hug a tiger in real life unless you have it secured in some way yes
1: yeah I mean it wasn't secured down it was it was just docile
0: and well but they had trainers and like it was a Reserve like they yes set up.
1: i think it was born in captivity i'm not sure for sure but i mean you know it, um, <laughs> it's still risky but it yeah. was it was one of those once in a lifetime events so
0: yes. absolutely whenever i have guests on the show that have something like totally wild like that i have to be like <laughs> we need that story like you you know that you're gonna get asked about that story when you have ones like that on there so <laughs> That's so incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. No, my pleasure. You You are all about stories. You've written 17 books. Stories are kind of your, your thing, right?
1: Well, funny you should say that because for many years I believed that I didn't have any stories. My writing style is very much down-to-earth, tips and techniques, you know, the meeting and event planning for dummies. I've also written The Complete Idiot's Guide to Target Marketing. And that style of writing is very much tips and techniques, you know, the six ways to do that, the 20 ways to do this. And I love that kind of writing, you know. I'll produce tip sheets out the wazoo. I'll produce checklists out the wazoo. But you asked me for a vignette about this. I'm like, "Um, yes. Um." (laughs) So for years, I didn't think I had stories until somebody said to me, You have so many stories. So I've, you know slowly realizing yes i do have a lot of stories that i could share i've lived in many parts of the world i've been very fortunate been very fortunate to visit and speak in many parts of the world and so yes i do i feel blessed
0: that's so cool that's so cool so when you were writing the book meetings and event planning for dummies what was like what was you want to see it (laughs) Fantastic. What's one of the biggest challenges that you're helping people overcome with that?
1: Well, this particular one uh, I wrote because I actually specialized in the trade show market at the time. And I actually wanted to write a book. I wanted a a meeting and event. Um, Actually, I wanted a trade show for dummies book. But uh, the publishers, Wiley, uh, weren't interested in just trade shows. So they expanded it to meeting and event planning. And it's got a very um, robust section on uh, trade shows. So uh, that was what I was able to do um, as a, yeah,
0: instead. (laughs) I mean... I think I I love the idea of it being broad meetings and events because as business people, we're all in meetings all the time, right? And then if you're a business owner, you're probably running an event from at least once a year to support and give thanks to your customers or to give thanks to your vendor partners or strategic partners. You're probably doing some kind of an event. So having a book that's going to kind of clarify the best ways to show up is really helpful from that regard, but then also trade show background as well. So that was one of the things we had connected on fairly early on. That's
1: right. That was such a coincidence because, you know, I'm no longer in that environment. Um, I actually lost my passion for it. And this might be relevant to some of your listeners and viewers. If you lose your passion for a subject that you, I was in the environment for 25 years, but somehow, you know, I just, I really wanted to focus more on my publishing company and working with the nonfiction authors. I felt there was more appreciation there uh, from the authors. They need my help more than many of the corporations that really, you know, you you go and you do a training program and they're like, do I really have to attend this?
0: They're there because their boss told them they had to be. Exactly. They're waiting for the happy exactly. hour. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. And trade shows invite many happy hours on company uh, expenses. And those are abused terribly. I don't oh. even to go there with stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, so, yes. Having been on a few of those trade show floors myself. Yes, I agree. They really, they really are. Um, And and I think it's really important, though, because as a business owner, if you're going to attend a trade show, you have to kind of know the best ways to carry yourself and to maximize that event, because like any other marketing, you're probably somewhere in the ballpark of around 10% conversion rate. Well, if you're only going to get 10 percent conversion rate, you better know what you're doing to make sure you're getting that. Oh, then- There
1: are big, big investments. But I'd like to sidetrack that and mm-hmm. say there are opportunities for nonfiction authors, uh, particularly in this environment, because many of the companies, as you know, uh, uh, who go to trade shows when we're allowed to do trade shows again, um, they have giveaway items. And if there is a connection with your book of it could be used as a giveaway item and you could sell many thousands of copies that way. So uh, that's one of the little secret strategies I like to uh, present to my authors, especially because I I want them to look at niche marketing to differentiate themselves in the marketplace. And when they do, you look for corporations um, that want the same audience. As you, and then when you do, there are opportunities galore, and trade shows just happens to be one of them that could be a very untapped market for many authors. So, just putting that out there. Wink, wink.
0: (laughs) I mean, not just authors. I mean, everybody. I, I really strongly believe in finding the organizations that are calling on your ideal customers. Yes. Yes. And building strategic relationships with them where you can help each other because it's a cooperatition, not a competition.
1: First, I love that and, word.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it really helps you to, I'm tapping into my feminine mm-hmm. energy, Stacy. Stacy <laughs> Murphy would be proud of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, oh. it, cooperation is very feminine in nature. Competition is very masculine in nature, ah. right? And so, if we tap into our cooperation, we're trying to find ways to build stronger, better, faster, deeper relationships and connections in our community. And that's really where those strategic alliances come into play. But you have to know who your client is.
1: Very much so. That's much that's at the core of everything. Is to really know and understand. Who wants to hear what, or uh, needs to hear as well, what you have to offer? Everybody's got this message, and obviously, if you've written a book, there's there are, there's a message deep down there. Well, who needs that? Who wants that? Who can benefit most from that? And and really getting to that target audience is crucial and that helps to differentiate yourself from the crowd because so many people and i know you've seen this many times over terry is that oh i know somebody they've got their book a bestseller on amazon and they're doing this and this and this and everybody's doing the same thing and it's like yes that's great but what else there's more out there. And you, I always think if some, if there's, if everybody's zigging, you need to zag. So, and funnily enough, that's the image on the Riches and Niches book is like the fish going in the opposite direction when everybody else is going in one way. So the Riches and Niches, so there there is definitely Riches in those niches.
0: (laughs) I think that's really interesting that that's come up twice already for me today. So my friend Jeff Google on LinkedIn is talking about sales strategy. He's a sales strategist, strategist. And he was talking about watching the sales trends and what's happening in the sales marketplace. And wherever you see the trend going, go the other way.
1: <laughs> yeah hey
0: then you'll stand out and you'll be different yes so, absolutely
1: and that's part of that whole differentiation that i really really want um and because nonfiction authors are so key to my business that's my um you know what I'm pushing, but of course, uh, this is for any small business um, owner as well, any entrepreneur is to look at how can you specialize in a marketplace? How can you differentiate? You've got less competition. um, You're going to get far more visibility. You're going to, in fact, actually be able to charge more. Because when you're sort of one of the only games in town or the only game in town, then people are willing to pay for that differentiation, that specialization.
0: Absolutely. And I would say even in this marketplace where we are right now, I know we're in some really weird times and will be for a little while. I think there are still virtual trade shows that are happening. Oh,
1: yeah. There's
0: still the opportunity to develop those strategic relationships. So don't like hold out and wait and say, oh, trade shows aren't happening, so I can't do it right now. They absolutely are happening. They're just happening virtually. So if you can get an ebook, or if you can get your copy of your book mailed to those people, they can still mail it to whoever. Absolutely,
1: fabulous idea. And you're so right that, you know, life, has made a change. I mean, you know, there's been a a big right turn or a left turn. It's been pretty dramatic as we know, but it doesn't mean that the world has stopped. In fact, the world is just carrying on. It's just changing in the way it operates. And if we think in terms of how can we go with that change and embrace it rather than say oh me oh my oh my you know um woe is me uh, that there are there are countless opportunities out there and going virtual is the new way of doing things
0: absolutely i know a lot of people are like oh they're talking about zoom meetings i can't do any more zoom meetings Mm -hmm. But it really is a great way to to connect in face-to-face format while being able to see everybody's smile. Because you can meet face-to-face, but you're hiding behind a mask. And you yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like I go to the supermarket and I don't recognize people and they're saying hello to me. And I'm like, who are you? You know, and then I have to really <laughs> look and say, oh, that is yes. How are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly oh. so what's one of the biggest challenges that you found because you've been in this publishing business for a long time helping uh nonfiction authors what was one of the biggest challenges that you found in in finding your own niche and then helping them
1: well finding my own niche um it did take a while I I must admit, especially when I decided on the trade show industry and then looking at what I was going to do in that industry, which was to educate the exhibitors. I felt that nobody was doing this and this was a great opportunity. Um, I actually started my publishing company to publish my own work because nobody was interested i say nobody that is traditional traditional publishers weren't interested in trade show books so i'm like okay i'll publish my own stuff so i was self-publishing before it was fashionable to self-publish and then before um, they
0: called it self-publishing
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then somewhere down the road, a, a writing coach came to me and said, would you publish my work? And I was like, I'd never thought of publishing anybody else's work. And hey, I did. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And then now writing coaches refer me. And uh, it's really all word of mouth. And I feel very grateful. And I love working with these authors. And my passion is much more to work, as I said earlier, with them, rather than corporations. I mean, I love doing training. And I love doing one on ones even more. I love getting to know my authors when they come to me. You know, I really want to spend time getting to know them, understanding their story, looking at who their target market um, is or could be if they haven't identified it. Because one of the biggest issues, and I know you and I have talked about this, is the fact that many authors think that their message is for everyone. This is a universal message. Everybody needs to hear this. And I'm like, great, I understand that. But how are you planning to market to everyone? Because if you try and market to everyone, you're marketing to no one. Do you
0: have many. a million dollar budget? I don't know about. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's more than a million dollars because you think of Procter and Gamble, they don't even do that. And they're, you know, one of the biggest. So yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. True. They just create new products and each product is marketed to a segment, but yes. they have different segments in their when market. you
1: look at I I think one of the best at this is Nike. I mean, Nike does all sorts of different sportswear in different, different four different sports. Mm-hmm. But they've got, you know, they, you know, their basketball uh, uniform is... Uh, Clothing is only for people in basketball, They're runners, it's only for people who who run, you know, the tennis, uh, you know, so they've segmented their marketplace brilliantly. And so if you want to look at segmentation in the marketplace, I would think I think that Nike is one of the best out there who do that.
0: I agree. Um, I've actually referenced Nike's um, brand books before about how they do their branding and like Mm. what their approved branding and how to use their logo because big companies like that have like very explicit, like how the logo can be used, what size it's supposed to be in terms of proportions and what the colors mean and how the colors are specifically used for each of their segments of their brand. And so I've, I've looked at that brand book and I've leveraged it to make brand books for other people because it's just so explicit excellent yeah it's brilliant um so when it comes to you know helping them to identify their niche and helping them to figure out you know i know a lot of people but i certainly don't know everybody and i don't know anybody but i do know somebody and that's really where that niche comes in right very
1: much so Uh, in in my book the riches and niches and I wrote this as a result of um, becoming an expert in the trade show industry, and I backtracked. I hadn't planned how I did it. I, I not. Terribly strategic sometimes. And so, but in hindsight, I was like, I wonder if what I did to go from nowhere to being one of the go-to people in the industry, in trade show, in trade show uh, exhibiting training, um, that would be something that other people could do and when i looked at the strategy i came up with actually seven different strategies that i use to define you know how to define your uh, your niche or your niche i love calling it niche being british um
0: <laughs> but just say you're not from this side of the pond yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Forgive me, but I do live in New York, so I'm okay. I'm, okay. Uh, I feel I've made that transition.
0: You did make it that. You made <laughs> to, it to, to, to the East Coast. The yes, yes. <laughs> hey, many of our the four
1: American forefathers landed on the East Coast. So <laughs> That's
0: right. I'm on the East Coast. There's nothing yeah. wrong with the East
1: Coast. Uh, so niche obviously rhymes with rich. So we have to call it riches and niches. But <laughs> I looked at a formula and I came up with what I call my gel formula, G-E-L. And the G stands for, if you want to look for your niche market, Um, G stands for, first of all, you want to look for a growth market. If you want to get paid, you have to look for where the money is. Okay. So it's no good going into- Yeah. Going into an industry that's a dinosaur. You know, I mean, (laughs) like film. I mean, film, yes, it's all digital now. But if you think of uh, the old fashioned film, I mean, you can't go into that business anymore. It almost doesn't exist. So you have to look at where is where the growth market. And if you look, there are many different growth markets at the moment. The E and this is a key one, is what is your experience? Now, look at where have you come from? What do you really know? Where do you have credibility in the marketplace? Um, and then the L stands for what do you love? Mm. So if you put that together, I believe that's the gel, that's the glue that helps you niche yourself in a target market. And by the way, I have a list of 10 questions that I would love to send to um, anybody who's interested, your listeners, your viewership, uh, if they email me at susan at avivapubs.com. And maybe you can put that in show notes or something. So um, I'll do it. Cause yeah, that's definitely
0: that. a value to help them figure out what that, that niche market is for them so that they can start to gel.
1: Well, you that's, the,
0: right. that's right. You remember the Dr. Shell's commercials about, are you gelling? That's what oh, your yes. gel made me think that's of? right.
1: Exactly. Hey, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love the way you think. I love oh, the way awesome. you think. Well, you're a marketer, so you're <laughs> creative. And, yes. We get
0: along. That's yes, why we get yes, along. Yes, It's so good. So, so we have to find a growth market. Yes. Such a great tip. We have to find what we're good at. Hopefully it's in the same market space. And then we have to find what we love. Hopefully you're good at what you love.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'll give you an uh, example. Um, One of my speaker colleagues, uh, her name is Karen. And she actually was an RN and working like crazy and stressed out and burnt out. And she wanted to leave the nursing profession. And she came to me and she said, you know, I, I just don't want to be in this environment anymore. I want to do something else. And we looked at what does she, what is she really good at? And she loves humor. And so we looked at, Hey, you've got the credibility in the marketplace in the nursing environment. You love humor they need humor to get them through the tough times. Of course, now even more than ever, and I know her business is just like skyrocketing, um, combine that, those two things, she has the experience and the credibility, which is really big. So she's been in in their shoes. She's walked in their moccasins, as they say. Quite
0: literally, yeah.
1: Literally, she knows. And they know she knows because she can just relate to everything they are going through. And so her ability to help de-stress them and just give them some hope and just help them to relax a little bit um, is invaluable. And so she gets hired by conventions and uh, does workshops for different healthcare organizations because what she offers is needed. And of course, she loves what she does and she can capitalize on and of course health healthcare in fact is one of the growth markets.
0: But, oh yeah, healthcare and IT are probably the two spaces that you can be in that are yep. oh, that are always going to be needed. As long as we have humans, we need healthcare and as long as we have technology, we need IT. And I yes. don't think either are leaving this world anytime
1: soon. No, and if you combine the two, you've got biotech. And yeah. biotech is huge. huge.
0: Yes. <laughs> Exactly. But humor is such a good point. And that's something else that I think um, is a great tip in that we need stress relief and humor is a great way to do stress relief. I used to work in a dental office and the doctor's laugh was contagious. And I am, I'm dental phobic myself. I actually went to him because he does sedation dentistry. And so I'm like, I don't care what you do as long as I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't really, I don't know. But if I can feel anything, I will not be happy. Uh, <laughs> you know? um, but his laugh is contagious. And he's one of those like encyclopedias. Like he has all of the world's knowledge in his head. And he'll be like laughing or talking. And, and I remember distinctly remember sitting up at the front desk and I could hear him laughing in the very back of the building somewhere with somebody. And I would just start laughing people at the front desk thought i was crazy like <laughs> What's going on right now but you can laugh or you can cry that's right but, and the stress relief is going to be the same either way but at the end of the day isn't it more fun to laugh absolutely so it's awesome that she found her niche in helping these healthcare professionals find humor
1: Absolutely, and she's you know she's doing a, a really good deed by doing that as well because obviously as you know and as again especially during these times now healthcare workers especially RNs need um, you know some relief and so this is this is great but yes what, so what's using a tip
0: that you have for our listeners because I know you're you're in publishing you help people not only do you help them find their niche but how What's one of the biggest challenges with getting the book out? Like, how do they even start? Maybe they know they have a story, but they don't know where to start.
1: Is, is again, and I hate to sound like a stuck record, find that niche market and then look at what are, and do some market research. Obviously there's going to be market research involved and look at the challenges that they face really find out what's going on in that marketplace. Where do they have challenges? And then look at what what your message or how your message can help in terms of those challenges. And then can you produce a training program or a coaching program or do some kind of speaking engagement that will help? And the book is an entree you credibility as an expert in that particular marketplace. So I'm saying to authors, don't even think about selling books in onesies and twosies. Think about where can you sell books in bulk? Where are they? Who's going to buy them? And that, and and I give this example, like in the trade show industry, and I think I, I talked to you about this, that I was looking at when i brought out my book um exhibiting at trade shows tips and techniques for success and that was uh, traditionally published it took me many tries to get a a publisher to agree to that any event when we did eventually i was like well who needs this book and i was like well how about exhibit companies you know the people who um, make the booths the custom exhibits and uh, i went to them and they said, I love the idea, you know, and so we ended up selling a thousand, and then another thousand, and then I'm like, hey, I'm onto a good thing, you know, let's go from customized to, oh, the 10 by 10s, the people who've got the pop-up exhibits, etc., and I hit on a company that, again, loved it, it was too much money to do a full book, but they said to me, would you, you know, condense this for us into a booklet? And I'm like, yeah. So we took the, you know, what was important, put it in a different format and they ended up, ordering over half a million books over the course of two years and translating it into five languages. Now you tell me Um, if I had tried to sell that book in the onesies and twosies, I would never, never have done this and had that opportunity. So you're looking at, and this is why the niche market is so important. Um, because there are opportunities out there that you're just not going to find other people are going to talk to you about, because they're so busy getting their book up on Amazon, trying to make bestseller status. And it's like, okay, you know, the best seller status isn't going to make you fame and fortune, bring you fame and fortune, which is what they think. And that's like, sorry, I get on my soapbox. So but I it's I,
0: true. But yeah. it's true. And here's the other thing, and this is what I love about niche markets, is that it's so it's relevant for everything in business. Because if you can know what your niche market is, and then just like you did with the trade shows strategic partnership with the trade shows allowed you to go crazy with the number of books you could sell, right? Exactly. When you're in a networking event as a business owner or as a sales rep, for example, if you know who, who is most likely to be a referral partner for you or who you can refer business to, and you can have a really good like jive, it might not be the same company. Like who's referring to you might not be the same company that you're going to refer to might be two different types of industries but if you know who those people are you always have an ask for a good introduction that's going to help you continue to grease the wheels keep it going
1: exactly you've got to look for companies who want the same target audience as you do yeah And so then you can develop some strategy. You can even, especially when you look for where the big pockets are, the deep pockets, rather, not the big pockets, the deep pockets, where there is money. And they could sponsor you. I mean, there are so many different opportunities out there um, that... So many authors are blind to, don't want to see, because they see big dollar signs attached to bestseller status, and it's totally false.
0: And they just forget, it's yeah, totally false. Oh yeah, I remember talking with somebody once, and I don't don't remember now when it was, but it was earlier this year. They were talking about the tip to get bestseller status you have your price so low and then you t- like blast it out to your network so that you sell a certain number of copies within the first 24 hours of it being on Amazon, for example, and now you have bestseller status. Yeah. You have bestseller status forever. Then what?
1: Then what? Right, then what?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying don't get it. You right. Know? Yeah. Get the status. If it makes you feel better, it's good for the ego, everything like that. I mean, I've done it myself. So, I mean, I know, (laughs) Uh you know, uh, but the fact is at the end of the day, then what happens? What's the strategy? What's the path that you're going to take after that? Because otherwise it's like you sit there and wait for something to happen and it's just not going to happen.
0: Right. Susan, if there was one thing you wish you knew about (laughs) writing books, publishing books, that finding your niche, what, when you started, what, what would that one thing be?
1: I think it's more that it took me many years to have the courage to ask for help. And so it's not quite, I think, what you're looking for here is an answer. It's a but- perfect answer. Uh, looking for asking for help and not feeling that because I asked for help that makes me any less of an expert um, in my arena so I'm just like yes don't be frightened to ask because there are people out there who can help and they're not going to think less of you because you asked for help in fact They often think more of you because you're willing to ask for help. So that took me more years than I would have, I would like to admit to, but um, I, I do ask for help now when I need it. And I'm very grateful to the people who do help me.
0: Yeah. And it's so true. We, we have to get out of our own way to do that. And Mm -hmm. it does unlock a next level of life, success, business relationships when we can do that. So yeah. absolutely. is a great tip. Absolutely. So I know you have a hard stop, so I want to respect that. What Thank is going to be the best way for our audience to get in touch with you? Because this has been wonderful. And I know everybody wants to get that 10 questionnaire so that they can figure out how they can gel. Um, so what's the best way to get that?
1: So I will do one more thing for your special listeners and tell me that you have come from Terry's show, um, because Terry is terrific. And, and that is, I will offer them a 20 minute um, one on one over the phone to, or zoom if they're out of the country. um, And uh, to look at how to find their their particular niche market for themselves. So if they send me an email at susan s u s a n at aviva and that's a v i v a pubs p for peter u b for bertie s for sugar dot com and I would be more than happy um, to send them a link to set up uh, a meeting and then of course those people who just want the 10 tips that's it and i'm not <laughs> trying to sell anybody anything it's just i liked I, I want people on the right path to start with
0: well and we like to connect and that's what it's all about is building those yes. connections and if you can be a resource for them awesome
1: i Absolutely. do want to also
0: add that if you're hearing heavy breathing right now it is not me it is my dog who is <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you in the audio, that's like, why is she snoring in this woman's ear? It is not me.
1: <laughs> that's hysterical. That's the first she time sis- I've heard that
0: one. So she insists on laying right next to me.
1: Of course. There she and that's is. the best place. Oh, I love it. Found
0: What's to see. What's her name? It's Sasha.
1: Sasha. That's yep. wonderful.
0: So she, she makes an audio appearance in almost all of my podcasts.
1: Of course she does. Of course she does.
0: <laughs> Susan, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank my you pleasure. so much for the additional special gifts. So everybody listening, if you want to take advantage of just learning more about finding your niche, definitely mention this podcast when you email Miss Susan and she will uh, honor that 20 minute uh, gift to you to help you hone that in because that's such a key critical key component to success for your business for your book for your life thank you so much for tuning in My pleasure. thank you i appreciate you being here till next time everybody thank you for taking the time to listen if you've enjoyed the show help us share it by leaving us a review also make sure to follow us at Spinfrogs. that's s-p-i-n-f-r-o-g-s at Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes.